don't attempt to understand the modern poem. Listen to it. This is Interesting People Reading Poetry. And it should be heard. A show where artists and luminaries read a favorite poem and share what it means to them. <laughs> I'm Brendan Starmer. In other words, if it ain't a pleasure, it ain't a poem. In this episode, Dessa reads an excerpt from Natural Enemies of the Conk by Alan Dugan. Dessa first gained prominence as a rapper with the Twin Cities hip-hop collective Doomtree, but has since worked across many genres and creative disciplines. She's collaborated with the Minnesota Orchestra, published a memoir and poetry collections, and even hosted a BBC science podcast. On her new album, Bury the Lead, she embraces pop music. In a moment, we'll hear a short clip from a song off the album called Rothko. Alan Dugan was an American poet born in New York City in 1923. I'm Dessa. I'm a musician and a writer. We choose which fools to The poem that I'm reading today is by Alan Dugan. The first three stanzas, so I'm reading an excerpt of his work called Natural Enemies of the Conch. The first point of the shell was moored to zero, but its mouth kissed one and paid in torque. A turbine in the conch is whirled so fast that it stands still, humming with cold light. The animal inside is out of luck in art. Tourists gouge him out of water's Gabriel and gild the whirling horn to make a lamp of home. The death, a minor surf, sounds in the living room. That's the way it is with the ugly. Ugliness should arm their flesh against the greedy, but they grow such wiles around the hurt that estheticians come with love, apology, and knives and cut the beauty from the quick. I first ran across Alan Dukin's work during the pandemic. So for me, this was like a, a, a project 
of of finally having idle time, you know, of being able to finally get around to some of like the projects of intellectual betterment that are so easy to put off until tomorrow, until the whole world stops. So I remember walking around in New York, in Central Park, which is where I live um, half time in New York, not in Central Park. <laughs> and I had this really slim volume of Alan Dugan's poetry. And I find it really challenging reading. You know, I almost like was reluctant to read this poem out loud because I have to look so carefully at the words to be able to follow along that I was apprehensive that someone listening, um, you know, even if they were behind the wheel or doing dishes might not have enough like cognitive attention to be able to to track these 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 really fine threads that he's leaving in his wake. I, I find his stuff really challenging. It's just like, um, it's like a pace car that I can barely keep up with. But I remember reading, I was walking with this little book and I sat down on a foam hippopotamus, I think, like a little, like there's a particular playground in Central Park that is populated by hippopotami. And I remember sitting on one, which felt kind of appropriately surreal and going through poem by poem, trying to figure out like what sort of magic Dugan was working in his in his in his words. The first point of the shell was moored to zero, but its mouth kissed one and paid in torque. A turbine in the conch is whirled so fast that it stands still humming with cold light. I am so sensitive to the fact that a poem can be deflated or burst like a soap bubble by going like, what's it really about? You know, I think I get that that helps us to try to break into a poem like like a casino. You know, you got to kind of figure out where the light switches are and where where the laser beams are. But um but of course there isn't like a singular solve to a poem. Like okay, I think it can be too easy when we analyze poems to imply that the point of a poem is to be solved as one would a riddle or a math problem. But like, hey, I had something straightforward to say. And then I coded it so it's difficult. And now you have to uncode it to find the straightforward thing I meant, which is rarely true. It's like the point of the thing, I think, very often is like, hey, I've boiled this down such that it's maximally potent and sometimes, and but if I go too far and leave it on the stove too long, it'll become nonsense because there's not enough of it left. So the trick, I think, is like, hey, I can feel my mind making super weird leaps with this person in a way that I'm surprised it can do. It's sort of like when you look at an optical illusion, part of the joy is knowing how much work your brain is doing and seeing patterns that are only barely implied. And I think linguistically, that can be part of the joy of poems, too. In this poem, if I were to just say, hey, uh, without all the artifice or craft, like, what is the thing about? The thing I get is, 
We're literally talking about the shell of a conch, you know, so that big, pretty, you know, pink and white swirly shell that's sometimes used to be blown as a horn by people who are good at that. That would be like the best find ever at a beach, which is very beautiful and which is home to an animal that is kind of slug-like. So doesn't really qualify as too beautiful to human eyes. So we see the thing, right? In the first stanza, we just get a quick description of what the thing is. Then in the second stanza, we get kind of dark. We know that there's an animal inside this shell, and this animal is in a tough spot because a tourist's tourist is on its way to essentially cut the animal out and discard it, discard the living thing to keep the beautiful thing, which is the shell. And in that stanza, we get that really cool line about how after the animal is gone, is dead, we can still hear like the lingering evidence of that death by putting the conch to our ear and hearing that quiet of the surf, right? Which, of course, is our own blood pumping in our ears as is echoed and amplified by this empty little room we're putting up to our head. Then, in the last stanza of this excerpt, so stanza three, I think Dugan kind of steps back and says, okay, what is the way that this conch is treated by the world say about the way that beauty and ugliness, like the roles that they occupy more generally? And it's not a super... mm, heartening or optimistic take, but it's one that feels true and resonates with me, at least sometimes, which is like, yo, even at the risk of immense pain, we're game to be extractive in our quest for beauty, right? So we've got aestheticians come armed with love and apology and knives, right? Willing to cut the living thing out to take its beautiful home. The animal inside is out of luck in art. Tourists gouge him out of water's Gabriel and gild the whirling horn to make a lamp of home. The death, a minor surf, sounds in the living room. As a musician, a performer, like that's how I make my living. You know, I run around the the country and occasionally the world, usually in small clubs, singing my stuff. And there is ample opportunity to reflect upon and lament how youth and beauty obsessed the world is, and our culture in particularly, um, in particular. And I know that that's not the exclusive domain of performing musicians that You know, anybody who's tried to buy, like, aluminum siding can see that inexplicably it's marketed with, like, a booksome young woman, which makes, like, no sense. So the idea that there is this sort of heartless harvesting of the beauty of the world, that the beauty is cut from the quick, and then the, like, killer, you know, the killer outcome, as Dugan describes it with, I think, a really signature light hand, the death, a minor surf, sounds in the living room. That's that moment when you hold the shell up to your ear, right? And you hear the the ocean echoing. That's like the death of what used to live there. That's the noise it makes when you've cut the beauty from the quick as you get this, this quiet echo of this expansive breaking surf. I love that.
Alan Dugan's Natural Enemies of the Conch. Oh, I'm going to interrupt myself. I think the natural enemies of the conch are us. I think that this poem is essentially titled People. The first point of the shell was moored to zero, but its mouth kissed one and paid in torque. A turbine in the conch whirled so fast that it stands still, humming with cold light. The animal inside is out of luck in art. Tourists gouge him out of Waters Gabriel and gild the whirling horn to make a lamp of home. The death a minor surf sounds in the living room. That's the way it is with the ugly. Ugliness should arm their flesh against the greedy, but they grow such wiles around the hurt that estheticians come with love, apology, and knives and cut the beauty from the quick. Natural Enemies of the Conch by Alan Dugan appears in the collection Poem 7, New and Complete Poetry, published by Seven Stories Press. Find a link to the book and a link to Dessa's new album at interestingpeoplereadingpoetry.com. Interesting People Reading Poetry is an independent podcast created by me and my brother, Andy Sturmer, who composes all of our music. If you like the show, help us out by subscribing on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leaving a review. We feature one short listener poem at the end of every episode. To submit, call the Haiku Hotline at 612-440-0643 and read your poem after the beep. Thanks so much for listening. The water so calm, the sun rests easily there, the sky is its twin.